Welcome to Land Parties, episode 145 from the Las Vegas Review Journal, brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my trusty co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how was your weekend, my friend? How have you been, brother? I've been good, uh, slowly getting more organized now that the painting is finished at the house, nice. and I started playing the mobile game Marvel Snap, which is a card game, and my goodness, it's addicting. Ryan, you should try it out, but be warned. <laughs> I know. I'm, that's why I'm afraid. That's why I haven't downloaded it yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I must say, like, like each game only has six turns, so they're fast. And oh, wow. I think I've had about a thousand one more games already just just in this past Jeez. weekend. Uh, super addicting. I, I kind of wonder uh about the longevity of the game i'm sure they're gonna release more cards but uh right now it seems kind of limited uh in terms of strategies and whatnot but hopefully it gets deeper as they go on but loving it so far ryan how was your weekend you know it was it was pretty good we finally got up our halloween decorations just a week out (laughs) from halloween but we did it i i I said this weekend is not gonna pass without that happening uh so we made that happen other than that though it's been pretty good I was a little bummed out on Friday. I was supposed to play Ghostbusters. We had five people uh, that we were all going to play. So we were going to be have the four Ghostbusters and then somebody was going to be a ghost. It was going to be a good time. I was not able to get the multiplayer to work. I spent like four hours trying to do it. I ended up not even streaming because I was like, you know, I, I should have just moved on. But I kept trying out. I was troubleshooting it and trying these fixes that I was finding and nothing has worked. I still have not been able. I can play offline, but I can't play online for some reason. It, it, I think it's something to do with my Epic account. I had the same issue uh, when it came to um, Evil Dead, the game. Uh, same mm. thing happened, but it was just an easy change your password on Epic and then and then you were able to log in. I tried that. That didn't work. So if anybody out there knows how to fix that or have, uh, has heard of anybody else having this issue, please point me in the right direction. Um, so that was sad. Not only that, but like it, it, it got even sadder because I was like, OK, I'm not going to be able to do this. At this point, it was like 2 a.m. I was like, I'd like to still play something. You know, I just downloaded uh, First Ascendant, that that uh, third person uh-huh. uh, FPS game. It's free to play. Uh, I got a beta. If you watch like an hour of somebody on on Twitch, then you get a beta key. And um, and uh, I installed it and I, I go to hop on that. I get through the, the first cinematic and then it just stops and it pops up with a message. Uh, server maintenance from 2 a.m. until oh, no. 430 a.m. I was like, no. OK. All right. OK. You know what? We also got Dragon Ball Z, the breakers. Let's just get down. Let me restart that and start playing that again. Okay. Hop on that server maintenance. I said, you have got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. So I end up playing a game that I've been playing. It, it's it's not an online game, uh, but it's called uh, uh, Stranded Alien Dawn. It's like a, a simulation game. I think I said something about it uh, last week as well. But uh, I, I played that and and enjoyed that. But I really didn't have a lot of time this week, and I've been working uh, uh, just different edits and stuff like that. So I didn't get a lot of game time in. I'm hoping to be able to get caught up so I can get some more game time in because we got we've got. Call of Duty that comes out, uh, I believe it's this Friday, 
So that is dropping, and we're going to be talking about uh, – because uh, there's another event that I'll be doing with Inferno as well uh, that kind of um, correlates with the drop of Call of Duty. But we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, regardless, though, this is, this is going to be – this is a bit of a different episode this mm-hmm. week. Uh, again, if, if you guys follow us, follow us on the socials, any socials, um, we were a part of the CityCast podcast, uh, which has a local division here in Las Vegas. So it was awesome being able to just speak sports and, and or esports, I'm sorry, esports and video games um, with them. But uh, b- before we we get into that and we we kick off and, and launch that off, we did want to talk a little bit about something, especially when it comes to being here and, and local things that are happening. Our friends over at Las Vegas Inferno, again, I am a part of their team. I'm a content creator mm-hmm. on Las Vegas Inferno, so I got the inside scoop on what's going down. <laughs> but we are we are actually running our uh, uh, a charity, a one-time charity event right now. We've got the anti-breast cancer uh, 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 I'm sorry, hoodie uh, slash sweatshirt uh, that that is going on sale. It's only been on sale uh, before one other time, and I believe this is going to be the last time that it's going to be going down. But this is, you know, the Inferno has partnered up with the American Cancer Society um, again with these. And let me just let me just pop it up here real quick so you can see it. Fantastic material. Uh, good stuff. But uh, again, you know, to be able to be a part of a team that number one, Cancer affects so many people, whether it's directly somebody that directly has had cancer or the family and friends. It affects everybody. So it's you know, this is something that I I believe in uh, very much. So I've lost folks to uh, different different forms of cancer as well. I know I have friends. I know I've seen other people go through things like that. So this is something that that's really important to me as well. We have a goal set at a thousand dollar donations uh, raised for this. Again, proceeds are going to be going to the American Cancer Society, and there's a limited amount. I, I want to say there's about twelve of these sweatshirts left um, that you can that you can uh, uh, pick up, and proceeds from that will be going to that. And then here is the the uh, Tiltify. There's a Tiltify, and we'll make sure to put these links in the description as well, but there's a couple of different ways that you can donate. Uh, we'll be streaming uh, as a team, which is going to be a lot of fun. Highly recommended to. So so for those, when I stream, and it might be tonight or, or it's either going to be tonight or it'll be Thursday, but I am going to, it'll be the early reveal of our, of our, because as a family, we always do a, a, a themed um, uh, costumes and this Eagle. year's theme, yes, from from our eldest daughter is anime. So that's the Ooh. only clue you're getting, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be spicy. It's gonna be awesome. I am very excited. The costumes are in. I it, it, it's gonna be amazing. But this is just gonna be it's gonna be a fun event. I know that there's a lot of folks on the content creation side uh, that will be streaming, streaming in costume and whatnot. So again, any any, any little bit that that can help. This is is, is going to um, cancer research and American uh, Cancer Society. So it's a great cause. Uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm proud to be able to be a part of this and to be able to help 
raise funds uh, to go towards uh, fighting and and hopefully one day being able to beat cancer. Yeah, you know, it's one of the the best things about Inferno is, is the the whole group doing a, a ton of these uh, events throughout the year, uh, not only in the community but for good causes. Uh, obviously, the earlier in the year they had that fundraiser for the gaming station at a, a local hospital. Uh, so so honestly, it's it's always good to see uh, you don't see that super often i feel like across the country of some of the gaming organizations kind of really putting their roots down and and supporting such great causes like this uh so it'll be a good time just in time for your how pre-halloween weekend uh so spend some time donate what you can uh i i do want to mention real quick uh last friday i went out to velocity esports which is mm. uh at GameWorks' old spot out here in Las yeah. Vegas, saw, saw a bunch of local people, which is nice. Uh, it basically looks like GameWorks just rebranded right now, so I'm kind of interested to see if they're going to change it up. Uh, but it's nice to see that back because uh, I missed. I was going to miss that spot. It's it's a fun uh, concept, and uh, hopefully the GameWorks uh, across the world get new owners and stuff because uh, I've. I was sad when that closed out of the blue last holiday because mm-hmm. uh, so many fond memories. And so uh, hopefully that that takes off. But yes, uh, so support this great cause. And Ryan, I know you're going to have fun. I can't wait to see those costumes. Absolutely. Uh, and again, everything is appreciated uh, within that as well. So Thank you in advance for anybody that is able to do that and support that. And, I, and you know, I, I was uh, speaking of velocity uh, because I record on where we record, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for the game cast on Fridays. I did not I was not able to go and, and get down there, but I saw a bunch of pictures. I, I saw a bunch of people were down there and stuff like that. So it was always great. Number one, getting a spot to come in and and kind of fill that gap that was left there. But being able to come come together as a gaming community and Las Vegas. It is very strong. There are a ton of people. Like I was saying at TwitchCon, I met a bunch of people uh, from Vegas out there in in San Diego for the first time. We live in the same city, but we got to go to San Diego to meet. It's crazy. We're we're bougie like that, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you in San Diego. See? (laughs) No, but anyway, let's get to it. Uh, um, To to the interview, uh, the CityCast interview, fantastic Fantastic, fantastic conversation. Again, we want to say a big thank you uh, to to the folks over there, both behind the scenes and and uh, uh, speaking, you know, uh, with them. And when I'm being on the, the show, right. yes, absolutely. Thank you again for having us on there. Let's get to it. Let's not waste any more time. We're going to take a quick commercial break on the back end. Here is that city cast interview. If you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. 
So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com join. So I didn't know what a land party was, but I did come across the weekly podcast called Land Parties about esports and gaming from the Las Vegas Review Journal. It's hosted by the super energetic Ryan Smith and Lucas Egan. I'll admit, I still find the whole concept elusive. I did, however, realize there is a whole universe of people who really, really, really take video games seriously. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk with Ryan and Lucas, not only about the games and gamers, but how this could be an economic opportunity for Las Vegas with esports, stadiums, events, and even homegrown stars. It's Monday, October 17th, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Ryan Smith. Hi, how are you? It's a beautiful day. Video games are popping, a lot dropping this week. Again, thanks thanks so much for having us. And thank you for the internal rhyme. That is like my weakness. <laughs> and, and we've also got your co-host, Lucas Hagen. How are you, Lucas? I'm doing well. Excited to be here. And just, it's an honor to be on the show. Oh, an honor. Come on. All right. But I'll try to live <laughs> up to that. Here's the thing, though. I I am ignorant to this. You know, if we were talking about doom circa 1993 i'm solid i could i could go toe to toe and then i drop off okay so (laughs) i i know there's a lot more going on but let's start with some basics what are esports as as a genre well esports is is really a competitive sector of gaming esports lies underneath the video games umbrella but not every video game can be an esport Uh, There has to be some sort of competitive aspect to it. Typically, it's within teams or getting points. I mean, a lot of the popular esports right now are first-person shooters. You've got things like League of Legends, these MOBAs, which are absolutely huge. I I mean, right now, in 2021, the esports industry exceeded $1 billion as of last year, and it is predicted to go up more and more. So it's an absolutely huge, huge sport. So your podcast is called Land Parties. What is a land party? Yeah, so a land party is a gathering of people, uh, either on consoles or PCs, where there's a local connection connecting you. So it's it's very much an in-person multiplayer experience that Ryan and I were both raised up on in, in our gaming histories, I would say. 
Yeah, and, and we got to remember, too, LAN parties have been around since the 90s. People coming together and co connecting to the same network and being able to play against each other, staying up for hours and hours of on end, just playing, you know, StarCraft 2 or whatever. For me, it's just that, that love of video games. And so many different communities and different people are able to come together for this common cause within video games. And, you know, LAN parties... Parties are, are a key, especially in the competitive scene, uh, especially where frame rate and fractions of a second can make a difference in between victory and defeat. And your wired connections are always going to be more steady and faster uh, and more reliable than a Wi-Fi connection, especially. Uh, so there, there's a lot of people that still prefer those local in-person events just for that reason. Well, and I think a lot of people really appreciate what you guys do on your podcast, on Land, Land Party's podcast. You know, you're here in Las Vegas, you're doing commentary, you're doing analysis, uh, you're talking industry talk, you're talking about players, and it's all very awesome. But I am curious, like, games are played online, so anyone can jump in on, on the network and play against each other or with each other, however it goes. Does locality even matter anymore, like where you're physically located? Like being in Las Vegas is that an advantage or disadvantage? Well, especially when you get into the competitive scene, it then comes down to like speeds. You're going to have a little bit of input lag, say online, as opposed to gaming in person. So I think a lot of that has to do with, especially when you're talking about these competitive games, there can't be any kind of room for error because we're talking about millions of dollars in prize money, in sponsorships. So, you know, just having that physical location is huge. Las Vegas has been basically establishing itself as a video game hub. You've got multiple esports arenas. You've got a Twitch lounge in Allegiant Stadium. They see it. And I know I've been in on some of the conferences where we're talking about casinos and they're talking about that kind of stuff and how big video games are and them leaning more towards skill-based games as opposed to games that are more based off of luck. So Las Vegas, I, I feel, is very open and and we could see that clearly in the development. You've got Resorts World. They teamed up with FaZe Clan. You've got Paris Legion and, and the C, uh, COD League for Paris moving out to Las Vegas next year, which is another huge team. So I think we're going to be seeing more and more of these teams getting out into the community and, and doing the, you know, kind of emulating what traditional sports typically does during those off seasons. Right, right. Now you dropped the names of a bunch of these pro teams. So I, mm. I, I want to transition into pro esports. You just called Vegas essentially a Mecca for esports. Why is that? I would say, you know, a, because it, it it's so easy to host larger events here. Uh, we've had several tournament organizers say, you know, it's not a hard sell to ask people to come to Las Vegas to compete. Uh, right. You know, there's all the extra stuff uh, aside from the actual competition that attracts people. Clearly, they have the hotel space. They have the food. They have they have all the amenities that people are looking for. Vegas still has that cachet of being like an entertainment capital of the world. Also, you know, you've seen events like Evo, the uh, Evolution Championship Series, which is a huge fighting game tournament here that actually just came back uh, this past August for the first time mm -hmm. since the pandemic into an in-person event. Uh, so you actually have some historical precedent already of esports coming here. And just the draw of the city just makes it just just such an easy sell for everybody to to want to come here. Uh, tell us about our homegrown pro teams, the Las Vegas teams. How many Las Vegas teams are there and, and what games are they known for playing? 
Well, as far as teams, uh, Las Vegas Inferno, obviously I'm also a content creator on their team. Uh, help me out here, Lucas. Uh, I'm, I'm still, totally spacing. Stormbrush <laughs> Gaming uh, is another one yes. that does mainly Mario Kart, uh, I think, is, is what they do the most. There's, like I said, a couple of organizations like Silver State Esports do more into the organizing side. I, I would say lo- local grown Las Vegas Inferno is probably a biggest uh and they're in multiple different games they have multiple different players Rocket league call of duty fortnite i believe so they yeah they they have a multitude of games that they are kind of is their focus and how many people are typically on the team well i know from our side i want to say that there's probably anywhere between seven to ten content creators and then, like, on the actual esports and competitive side, typically, I want to say there's anywhere, it depends on which game they're playing. I believe Rocket League has three or four people on their team. And again, they're getting completely different contracts, and and their stuff looks, it's almost like a, a bit of separation between the professional players and then, like, the content creators. So, okay, back to newbie guy here. I understand what playing a video game is about. I've I've played video games. I I can I can picture uh, someone playing a video game much better than me, but I can still picture that. What's a content creator versus a player? So a content creator, think of it more as like a streamer. They're probably either streaming on a platform or they're creating some sort of content or videos on, say, YouTube. They will do things. And we've, for example, with Las Vegas Inferno, we've gone and we uh, did a charity for the Children's Hospital in Summerlin. And we raised $5,000 to bring a gaming station to the kids ward out there. So we'll come together as content creators and and do something like that. Or they'll have a community night where we'll have a specific time. And typically we'll use something like Discord and we'll get on and play with people in the community and just have fun. Uh, it, it's, it's really the, like for me anyway, you know, it's still a chance to be able to play video games and make different content. I'm a streamer as well and do that kind of stuff, but I'm not necessarily in the competitive teams but I'm still a part of this esports team. Okay, and not to not to in any way diminish that because that sounds amazing. But you're you're part hype man too, right? I, is that fair or am I? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And and again, for me, it's not you're not just going to join a team because you're joining a team. For me, anyway, it's about what that team stands for, the other creators that are on there, and you're coming together, both IRL and in the, in, or on the digital space, and creating stuff. And, and it's really more about, you know, being a part of the community. Sure. <laughs> well, let me ask this, Lucas, how, how does the money get made for the teams, the players? How does that work? Because, you know, if you're donating money to, to charities, which is awesome, how about the players and, and the content creators? How are they getting paid? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a business end to it. So there's sponsorship deals and, and whatnot. There's money you can win in competition if, if they're performing consistently, consistently well. Uh, from a content creator side, you know, the different platforms have different requirements to become like partners on Twitch and whatnot that you can make some income on. So there's there's different revenue streams, you know, strictly from the esports side. Uh, I honestly that's been one of the challenges for a lot of the the bigger organizations is how to make these teams financially viable over a long period of time. Uh, you know, they see the numbers and some of them are able to get some pretty big 
brand deals. Uh, some of these leagues, bigger leagues, get some big brand deals. But how do you do that consistently for a bunch of different games that's not League of Legends is something that the industry as a whole needs to figure out for its long-term health and viability. That's really interesting. And I'm also kind of fascinated with this idea that people are converging here in Las Vegas and making it their residence here in these kind of these pro pro teams, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I also have these visions in my head. Do they all just go live in a big mansion together and do these thumb exercises every morning? (laughs) Or how's what what's 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 the lifestyle like for for people who are here in Las Vegas working together on a team, both as players and content creators? I honestly think that varies from team to team. There there have been some organizations that's come that come here that have content creator houses, which is essentially what you're describing, where a group of them will get together and live in in one space. And they're all about making content all the time. And and they're working together. Uh, Other organizations that are smaller, obviously, you're living in your own space, and you're coming together in in common areas. Uh, But honestly, we've seen both kind of take hold here. Is there a typical member of the team demographically? In other words, are we talking mostly guys of a certain age? Are we talking, you know, diversity of any sort? I think for the most part, it is primarily males. And we're talking about a younger demographic. You and I, David, are not in that demographic. We have aged out. (laughs) You don't know me, man. You don't know. I've got a very young picture up in my attic that is ready to go play. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what it is. It's kids. And that's something that we've discussed as well. You know, are these kids getting and what kind of uh, media training are they getting? Because you've got people going on Twitter and this and that, just acting the fool, completely throwing away their careers because they don't know how to be professional in, say, social media or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really something I feel and we feel that that is important. And that's why it's something like the the Youth League here in uh, Nevada, that's the kind of things that they do, training and getting kids into like, hey, you can do some serious stuff uh, here in that sports. And even if it's not playing games, there is a ton of different work that can be done within that gaming sector. It is very much a viable career solution this day and age. Absolutely. Yeah. So whether player or support or creative content or all the other things that you mentioned, uh, it does seem to be a burgeoning industry, but uh, let's focus on the, on the pro esports athlete. What, what goes into it? What's the, what is that training that you just referred to? How do they become that level of good? Well, I think like like any s- traditional sport, it's got to start uh, long before you're ever picked up by an organization. Uh, so you've got to have a passion for a game and you've got to be putting in hours of practice on your own before you ever reach that level where an organization will look at you. But once, if you do get to that level, I mean, they've got trainers, they've got coaches, there's practices, like it, it's a legit sports operation there. Uh, So you've got training, you've got film study, they're putting in the time as any athlete would. One of the unique challenges, as Wright alluded to this, is it's a a young person's game. And a a career of an esport athlete is shorter than like a traditional sport athlete. So they have a much smaller window to take advantage of their, quote, prime. Uh, in a certain esport, and then it becomes, you know, how can they transition into coaching, into broadcasting, into something else? Their window to to be productive is even shorter than traditional sports, and that's short as it is. Well, and I imagine that, like anything else, uh, endurance could be part of it. I mean, I've read that pro chess players have to do 
physical training on treadmills to be able to, you know, be sustainable throughout an entire match. Is that is that what's going on in the esports world too? I would imagine so. I mean, think about it, sitting in a chair for hours on end, depending on what type of game you're playing, like a League of Legends, like that could last hours, just one match, you know? So there's got to be some sort of training to be able to, and your, you know, your body has to be at least in, in decent physical shape to where you're able to do that kind of thing. Or you're sitting there clicking, clicking a mouse for hours on end. I, I don't know about you, but my fingers would probably start cramping up. I would be having issues. So I'm sure there's like legit little, little exercises that they do uh, in terms of that. But you know, I, I feel like there's very much a, a stigma, especially within video games, esports, where it's just, oh, people just sitting in for hours, not doing anything. Uh, yeah, and munching I, I on flaming Hot Cheetos. And, you know, yeah. and look, that might be my story, but I know. <laughs> but no, I mean, we, we had a guest on, uh, Jenny Yu, and she developed a game that you literally combat. It's like a PVE co-op game that you do by running and walking. Uh, so there's a lot in that sector in terms of physicality and, and getting physical with things and and video games. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty clever. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Pokemon Go when they were like, this is exactly. how we're going to get kids outside and walking around, which is mm -hmm. great everywhere except Las Vegas because we don't want those kids to just burst into <laughs> flame. So, you know, be careful. They do the warnings, right, on the Pokemon Go. It's like, <laughs> extreme weather, are you okay? <laughs> it's like, right. they're always going to say yes. Anyway. Let's change gears a little bit. Las Vegas is clearly becoming a sports town. Mm -hmm. Are we on the verge of becoming an esports town? I think so, but I would add some caveats to that. I think that esports as a whole has a a star problem. It's something Ryan and I have talked about before. You know, you think of the NBA, like the big franchises like the Lakers, but you also think of those transcendent stars like LeBron, like Michael Jordan. Right. You know, you think of the NFL, there's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and the thing is, and, and partly this is due to the age of the players, partly this is due to that a lot of esports organizations like to protect or shield their players, but you don't have many truly transcendent stars. And that is, in my opinion, key to really get the, the mass adoption. You know, you're never going to get the general or casual fan to really invest without, uh, you know, I know that person's backstory. I'm invested in that person. I'm also a fan of theirs, so I'll watch them play. That's what esports is missing, I think, from from really taking that next step. Uh, as far as, as Vegas, though, infrastructure-wise, I mean, it's there, right? They're hosting the esports awards at Resort World this December, so you're going to get like a marquee esports event right on the Strip. But to really connect with, with the population at large, I think they need those stars to, to be made, and we just haven't seen that yet. You know, an interesting analogy that comes to mind based on what you guys are saying, poker was kind of obscure for a really long time. It, you know, uh, the, even the World Series of Poker was a thing for a while, and it took place here in Las Vegas. And then all of a sudden, seemingly out of the blue, you see you're, you're on ESPN, you see poker, you're on other cable mm, channels, yep. you're just going through, you're seeing people playing poker, and they turn that corner. And I'm just wondering if we're on the verge of seeing esports make that same sort of transition into the, well, I'm going to just call it the mainstream. I think with poker, what if you'll remember the moneymaker effect, right? And when they went on ESPN, they promoted the characters of the games, the Phil Helmuths, the Daniel Negranus. Uh, so that coupled with what I just said, you know, ESPN pushed the stars of poker that really opened it up to uh, the mass population. Now we saw some of those players and go, 
this is kind of goofy. This isn't how I pictured poker at all. This looks kind of fun. Uh, so that if, if they get to that point, yes, they could be on the verge of, of that. Right now, approximately 80% of Americans have no interest or have never heard of esports. So I, I think it's still a tough battle to climb. Right now, over 50% of the viewership is coming from that Asia-Pacific uh, region. 12% of that is coming from, from North America. So, you know, it's hard to say what it's going to take to really get North America and, and folks that are in it to take more notice of esports. And I think that's where they're they're having a dilemma because there's a ton of money. Sponsorships make up a huge chunk of that money. And, you know, so there's a ton of money over there, but you barely have any viewership. So I, I feel like the return of investment in that is not where it, it is viable. I think there's a long upward climb in terms of popularity. It's definitely getting there just here, uh, particularly in the States. I feel like it, it, that's going to be a tough battle. So, so what's the short term to get there? What's next steps for esports in Las Vegas to level up? I think that you need a local organization to really get a stranglehold and build up a, a loyal fan base. And I think the potential's there. And honestly, like, just continue to bring in events, like continue to draw in more and more. It's got to be more than just a every couple months, hey, there's giant things in here. But in between, there's this big lull. We've got to be having through different games, you know, in my mind, a monthly event, some big events coming either at the HyperX or or at one of the casinos and, and one of their arenas that they've got attached to really kind of keep esports in the limelight. You know, it's one of those things where the downside of being the entertainment capital of the world is if you're not producing something, they're going to look somewhere else for something else in the meantime. And so that consistency, yeah. I think, is key. Yeah, the competition's definitely fierce for people's minds and money, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I would say it's probably the buy-in of the casino and gambling industry. I think when they get a tie into that, not only is that going to boost then the visibility of esports, but then you have this other revenue source where now casinos are going to be looking if you know to be able to capitalize on that and get their piece of the pie. So I, I think to me that is going to be a huge boost once they finally get something in the books that says, hey, okay, you can do that. Because now casual Joe Smo now has a you know $100 bet or parlay on an Overwatch game or something like that. Now yeah. he's watching this league, Overwatch League, and slowly starts getting sucked in. Overwatch now is, is going to be, Overwatch 2 is going to be free-to-play. It's got a free-to-play element to it. So now Joe Smo can hop in and I can play too. Now I'm tying that connection and I'm even more bonded to it. I think that's how they continue to grow. Yeah, interesting. I mean, obviously, Las Vegas is uniquely positioned between all the money that flows through here, the gaming, the marketing. I mean, heck, even cannabis. I mean, there's a lot mm -hmm. of different connections to the you know traditional and maybe non-traditional view of, of, of gaming and, and certainly esports. Well, hey, Ryan Smith, Lucas Egan, uh, the co-hosts of Land Parties, thanks again for being on the show. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And now for a little news. 
So after a number of false starts dating back years, it looks like the moribund Safari Motel on Fremont Street will soon see new life. Not as a hipster hangout, but transitional housing for people who have recently become unsheltered. It has 20 rooms and supportive services, which should help about 200 people a year. Officials hope this county project located in the city of Las Vegas will usher in some new energy to the conversation of homelessness. It's scheduled to open by the holidays. The time is here, everyone. Ballots are in the mail, and early voting starts on Saturday. Saturday. Be sure to check the Clark County Election Department website for early voting sites and ballot drop-off points. A recent study places Nevada almost dead last when it comes to voter participation. Here's your chance to prove them wrong. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did you learn something new? You know, like the fact that esports is a billion-dollar global industry? Yeah, I know. So go tell a friend about CityCast and send them this episode. Then make sure they're following the show, make sure you're following the show, and subscribe to our brilliant morning newsletter. Speaking of which, have you noticed the newsletter's new look? The CityCast Las Vegas newsletter is now called Hey Las Vegas! New name, new look, same great newsletter. And last but not least, we got a voicemail from listener Danny Baranowski about last week's episode on weed lounges. As a cannabis industry leader, advocate, and business person, uh, I think a lot of people are overthinking this. Anything that you can replace, alcohol, any, any activity, you can add cannabis into that. It's pretty simple. Um, Las Vegas is going to be the Amsterdam of America. People are going to come from all over the world to try cannabis for the first time, and then they're going to take it out. So brands need to recognize the power of the consumption lounge uh, and its viability, and shoot, it's going to create a new leg of uh, commerce and tourism for our city, and I can't wait to be a part of it and build those bricks. Thanks. Thanks, Danny. If you, too, would like to leave us a voicemail, give us a call at 702-514-0719. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. Thanks again, David. That was a lot of fun, Ryan. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's rare that we get to do these kinds of things, and especially with another locally based uh, podcast organization, they do great work out there. And uh, it was it was a really fun conversation. Yeah, make sure, please, go go follow them, subscribe to them, check out their shows. They they do amazing work over there at CityCast. Appreciate it again, uh, behind the scenes with Sonia and then David as well for uh, uh, connecting us. It's so, it, like you're saying, it's nice to be able to speak and talk about video games, especially from a local perspective, and to somebody that is... You know, they understand, they they know what video games are, but they just don't have like that bigger kind of 10,000 foot view of all the stuff that's happening right. and the things that are being positioned out here in Las Vegas. So I think this is a fantastic uh, uh, episode on their part to really be able to get kind of inter- introduce people to what's going on in the gaming industry in Las Vegas and around the world. So thank you guys again over at CityCast. Make sure you check out that episode and 
subscribe to them. For sure. Wonderful folks. Hopefully we can stay in contact. Would love to talk to them again. Uh, and just another example of Vegas embracing esports, uh, even among non-gamers. So it's it's nice to see. Absolutely. All right, my friend. What do you got going on this weekend, brother? I know that the, ooh, it's almost Halloween. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not as cool as you, Ryan. I don't think I've done a costume uh, in a long time so i'm gonna have to live what vicariously is- through you um although, although- oh, look, i'm gonna tell you a secret okay. real quick even if i didn't have even even if i didn't have kids i'd probably still be wearing this costume i'm just gonna throw it out there now i i feel like since i have glasses i could do like the the superman clark kent thing and i could just wear contacts for the day <laughs> and, and just Throw true, on a true. Superman shirt. I'm just going to call it good. Uh, no, I'm going to probably play some more Marvel <laughs> Snap. I've been meeting. I still got to do my replay of Until Dawn to save uh, Hayden's character. Uh, so that hopefully yes. this is the weekend to do it. Uh, and prepare myself slowly for Black Panther in a couple weeks because I know that's a movie. But, mm-hmm. uh, man, we are pumped for that one. Uh, so I am excited for that. What about you, Ryan? What does this Halloween weekend give you? Well, I got to say, too, first off, that I don't know if you saw the Quantumania um, trailer. That got me super hyped. Anybody that's following along has been watching the shows and the movies like, yo, this is it's going to be it is going to be good. I'm really excited for that. But, yeah, this weekend, uh, um, probably not a, a whole lot. Like I said, I'm still catching up on some work things. Um, but game wise, I've been I'm not going to lie. I've totally been I've been playing some competitive in Overwatch, too. So I have jumped back into competitive. Uh, I played with Dust and Lex and, and uh, they've got a buddy Inferno that that uh, we we play often on the side and stuff like that as well. So I've been enjoying that. So probably get some O-Dub, too. And I've kind of fallen off a little bit on a Destiny, mm. too. But I feel like it, this always happens towards like there's a seasonal burnout every year where the content after like there's no more story stuff. And, like you have your event thing. But like this one is one an event that we've already done. I'm just like, Meh. I I can I I don't really I don't really care. So uh, you know I haven't even done any raids or anything like that here in a little bit. Uh, so I don't even know. Right now I am very much in an oversaturation of video <laughs> games. There's Modern Warfare Two, which the campaign is out now. Haven't even touched it. Haven't even opened it up to see if it's actually installed. Oh, man. <laughs> That's how, but it's been crazy. Like I said, I've been mainly working. I haven't gotten a lot of play time in, but uh, I'm probably going to be bouncing around playing, playing uh, many things this weekend. But for the most part, other than that, I'll, I'll probably just be chilling. So I hope you guys are able to chill out a little bit anyway. Uh, don't forget, hit us up on the tweeters at Pod at LucasEggen, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys are enjoying all the games, all the entertainment that is out. There's a lot going on. Again, don't forget, we'll be streaming this week uh, with Las Vegas Inferno for the American Cancer Society. And uh, get yourself a sweet hoodie that you will no longer be able to get ever again ever forever uh (laughs) so make sure you pick it up now again thank you guys so much for listening uh we hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and you already know what it is we love your faces 